Thank you for tuning in to the sermon podcast from Redeeming Hope. We exist as a family of faith that follows Jesus and helps others find him by living all of life as missionaries of hope. If you want more information about our church or would like to support our ministry, go to our website at redeeminghope.org. Please enjoy the sermon podcast. Jesus is enough. Welcome to the digital stream of our Sunday message at Redeeming Hope. I'm Derek Lewandowski, co-lead pastor at Redeeming Hope. We are so thankful that you would join us as we continue to gather around God's word, continuing this new series we're in, Christ the King, Seeing Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. I've so enjoyed this series so far. I'm feeding on God's word myself as we're in this, as I hope you also are feeding on God's word and encouraged by the series. Before we get into that today, a few things by way of vision and announcement. Number one, some vision things. Just want to Uh, remind you of our missional goals. As we're on mission together, three things we want to be doing together. Number one, explore. Number two, cultivate. And number three, equip. We want to create a culture of exploration where together, whether it's a not yet Christian or a Christian, can explore the claims of Christ, explore the scriptures, explore the teachings of the gospel together in our Sunday gatherings, in our groups, and in personal relationships. Number two, we want to create a culture of cultivation. Most of Jesus' parables and teachings uh, had agricultural pictures as a major part of what he was saying. In other words, um, as we grow together and respond to God, God works in our hearts in an agricultural way. There's sowing, there's watering, there's, re- there's reaping, there's bearing fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold, Jesus said. And so we want to create a culture of ex of cultivation where we have a vision for one another's spiritual health and spiritual growth and spiritual development. So through our gatherings, through our groups, through our personal relationships, we wanna create that cultivating discipleship community where we're growing together in God. And finally, equip. Said it before, say it again. Uh, As a pastor, uh, as someone who has an evangelistic gifting or whatever my giftings might be, I've failed unless I've reproduced it in someone else. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. God has given the pastor, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the apostle for the equipping of the saints for works of ministry. In other words, it's not the job of the evangelist to do all the evangelizing. It's to make another evangelist, to teach people how to share their faith. It's not the job of the pastor to do all the pastoring. No, it's the job of the pastor to teach others how to shepherd other younger believers in their homes, uh, in their work context, in their lives. And so we want to have a culture of uh, equipping where the goal is spiritual maturity together. Okay. A few things by way of announcement. Um, If you'd like to get involved in a group, we have several groups that meet throughout the week. We have a women's group on Tuesday. We have a community group on Wednesday at my house, and I say community because it's all demographics, young and old, male, female. Uh, We welcome you, we have childcare there. Uh, There's another men's gathering on Wednesday night, there's another men's gathering on Thursday. You can even join that via Zoom. So a number of ways that you can connect with groups. Want to continue to hold up Pastor Josh in prayer as he's in Togo and Congo, uh, ministering to leaders there, teaching the scriptures and encouraging uh, and helping build Uh, a movement, a church movement there in Africa. Uh, Also, October 29th, uh, coming up just a couple weeks from now, we welcome all middle schoolers and high schoolers right here to my house. I'm actually on the back porch of my house. I'm looking out at the Cumberland River right now. 
uh, where in just a couple weeks we are going to attempt to launch small pumpkins across the, the Cumberland River with one of those big water balloon launchers. So we're going to see what we can do there. We're also going to have uh, sort of a movie, a yard movie set up uh, out here uh, behind me. And uh, it's going to be a great time, our fall harvest party for Hope Youth. That'll be October 29th, 6 p.m. right here at 921 Kingsbury. If you're interested in baptism, we're going to be having another baptism soon. Uh, just see me, and I'd love to talk to you about uh, receiving believer's baptism. Now we're going to continue our series in the Gospel of Mark, uh, Christ the King, seeing Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. We're in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. The title of today's message is Jesus and the Leper, as he has an amazing encounter with this poor man who has leprosy. Let's pick up the story. Mark 1, verse 40. I'm reading out of the ESV. And the leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it to spread the news so that, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, I, I just pray that our hearts would be welcoming to your word, welcoming to Jesus and all that you have to say and teach us and encourage us through this text today. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, three things. Number one, what it meant to have leprosy in that day. Number two, how did Jesus interact with a leper? And number three, what does all this mean for us? What does this story mean for us when we look at how Jesus interacted with this leper? Let's talk first about First of all, what is leprosy and what did it mean to have leprosy? Leprosy. Well, leprosy, as you probably know, is a, is a terrible skin disease that would literally eat away uh, flesh. And to have leprosy in this day was a death sentence. It was dehumanizing. You were sentenced to the leper colony. You were cut off from community. You lost everything. You lost uh, daily interaction with your family. You lost your job. You lost everything. You were just sort of sentenced to this diseased uh, place, this leper colony. Leprosy uh, was contagious, and it took a miracle for it to be cured. I, I've seen leprosy. Does it still exist today? Yes, it does, uh, even though now we have treatments for it. Um, when I spent some time in Tanzania, I'll never forget when I was just a teenager, I was walking down one of the streets of Arusha, Tanzania, and all of a sudden there was a tap on my back, I turn around and it's this woman and she had literally just like, like a paw of a hand as her fingers were all eaten away. And she was, she was a beggar holding out her hand for some money. And uh, it, was, it was terrifying. I'd never seen that before, but that's what leprosy does. It eats away your skin. It just, it eats away your body until you, you die. So therefore, because leprosy was contagious and incurable, they had to treat leprosy in that day severely. And it was treated so severely that it was mentioned in the law of Moses uh, in a way where there were certain laws and rules that a person had to follow if they had leprosy. For example, Leviticus 13.45. This is from the Old Testament law. The leprous person who has a disease shall wear torn clothes 
and let the hair of his head hang loose. He shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. It's terrible. Like you see, this is just horrible when this would happen to a person. Just can you imagine a family member with the disease that would isolate them where they could no longer have access to you or to the community or to things they love? It was really a terrible place of isolation, loneliness, depression, and death. So a leper lived outside the community in a leper colony. Um, they couldn't go to church. They, they were ceremonially unclean, so they couldn't attend the temple. And whenever they entered a crowd of people, they sort of had to turn themselves into a siren, themselves into a siren and say, unclean, unclean, unclean. People would scatter uh, whenever a leper would come into a crowd of people. And so the tragedy of leprosy was they lost everything. And it was almost like they became a monster. And the law said that anyone who touched a leper was ceremonially, ceremonially unclean themselves. So not only was the leper unclean and not only could the leper not go to church, uh, the person who touched the leper had to go through a process of making sure they didn't have leprosy and be declared by a priest ceremonial clean, ceremonially clean to be able to go to the temple. It's a terrible place. And here's Jesus in Mark chapter one. Let's look at how he interacted with the leper. Again, the leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. Move with pity. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. So here comes this leper, uh, not leopard, right? Or people make that mistake sometimes when they refer to a leopard. Uh, it wasn't, a leopard did not come to Jesus, it was a leper shouting, unclean, unclean, people are scattering. He, he looks at Jesus and did, did you see what happened in the story? Jesus didn't scatter, he didn't run. He stands there, the leper approaches him, imploring him, that means he was begging him urgently, saying, can you make me clean? He's saying, you're my only hope. Wash me, Savior, or I die. If you're willing, you can make me clean. And aren't you glad Jesus is willing? And here's the shocking part of the story. Jesus touches the guy. He touches this leper and that, that was against the law. And it says in verse 42, immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. Now, normally when a leper touched someone in these days, the person got leprosy. But when Jesus touches the leper, the leper got Jesus. He, 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 was, he got Jesus' health. Instead of Jesus getting the leprosy, the leper got Jesus' health. His health just spread to the sick guy. Can you imagine this with some modern disease like, like COVID? Oh, you got COVID? Oh, just go around some people who are healthy and try to catch their health. That's not how it works. That's how it works with Jesus, a new kind of king who reverses nature, who restores things, and, he, and he's giving a glimpse of what's coming, that there's a day coming when he'll restore this world, restore this universe, and he'll, he's renovating the universe, and he'll fix what is broken, including ridding this world of disease itself. Remember in Psalm 103, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives your iniquity and heals your diseases. He's the Lord. Jesus is the Lord. 
who is who has power over sickness. Now, let's tell the rest of the story before going back to this part of the story and drawing out some meaning. It says in verse 43, Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a proof to them. This is so the guy can go to church again. This is so the guy can be restored to community and not have to be cut off and live in the leper colony. But Jesus tells him not to tell anyone about this miracle. Now, none of us who... If you grew up in church, none of us have ever been told that about Jesus. Now, don't go and tell anybody about Jesus and what he's done in your life. You're always told to go and tell people what Jesus has done. You know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. It's not this little light of mine, I'm going to snuff it out, hide it under a bushel. Yes, I'm going to, I'm going to snuff it out. We don't, we don't sing that song. We say, I'm going to let it shine. I'm not going to hide it under a bushel. Well, in verse 43, we don't get in the English what is going on in the original Greek. It says that Jesus sternly charged him. And it's the word, the Greek word ekbalo, and it means he snorted with anger. Jesus snorted with anger and sent him away and said, don't say anything to anybody. He probably knew that the guy was going to do it. So why would this make Jesus mad? Well, for what I, the reason I just said, Jesus probably foresaw what the guy was going to do. But I want you to think about Jesus' ministry at this time. He could still go into the villages. He could still reach people who were immobile. He could reach the poorest of the poor. It was easy for him to travel around and get to people with needs. But this leper, because he went out and told what Jesus did, changed all of that, verse 45. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. And you might ask the question, well, why did this particular miracle cause that sort of community reaction? I mean, it wasn't Jesus' first miracle. Why was this one such a big deal? Some Jewish scholars think that there were three kinds of miracles that were considered messianic. In other words, when the Messiah would come, he would, do these, he would be marked by these kind of miracles. Casting out demons that cause mutinous, healing the blind, and cleansing a leper. Now, I don't know why those miracles were picked over other ones. Like, to me, raising the dead would be a pretty big deal. <laughs> right? But that was the common belief and understanding of the day that the Messiah would cast out demons, that the Messiah would heal the blind, the Messiah would cleanse the leper. So the fact that Jesus performed this kind of miracle is the very reason why Jesus went viral, right? And the problem with this is that there are others like this leper that Jesus would not be able to get to now. Matter of fact, one of the next stories in the Gospel of Mark is the story of the paralytic being laid before Jesus in the home where he couldn't get inside and they had to cut a hole in the roof. It's because of the leper. It's because he went out and he didn't obey Jesus and he didn't keep his mouth shut and Jesus went viral. But God is sovereign even in the leper's disobedience. God in his faithfulness will even use the disobedience of the leper because it was actually this disobedience, where he went out and began to tell, that started to stir the crowd and the mob and, and put the religious community on alert that eventually led to Jesus' crucifixion. 
So even human disobedience doesn't stop God from ultimately and finally prevailing in his purposes. He works out everything for his glory and our good. So how did Jesus interact with the leper? He showed him mercy. He was willing to to heal him. He he showed him pity. He He was compassionate toward him. He welcomed him. He touched him. He gave him his health. But Jesus loved other lepers as well, didn't he? And that's why he snorted with anger. So we see Jesus loving the least of these, loving the poorest of the poor, loving the sick and the lowly. So what does all this mean for us? What does this story mean for us? What do we do with this story? Well, first of all, I think we ought to conclude what many, many concluded in that day, and that is that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Christ. Remember what that means, the anointed king. He's the king above all kings. And Jesus is sending a message to this world that he created. Colossians 1 says this world was created by him and for him and through him. He's sending a message to this broken world that he created, but that we messed up through sin. This is what the world is like when God runs the world. He heals our diseases. He forgives our sin. He loves the poor and the broken and he mends them and he heals them. In Jesus Christ, the Messiah, we see the first glimmers of the dawn of a new kingdom that he is bringing where there's no sickness and disease. He's bringing a new day when people won't be quarantined and separated from each other. And we see him heal not just disease, but he's reintegrating this guy into community. This poor leper who lost everything is getting his life back. He's getting his family back, his friends, his community back. Jesus comes to restore bodies, restore life, restore community, and restore fellowship. But here's the truth. This leper is physically what all of us are spiritually. The only difference is his is a skin disease and ours is a sin disease. We all have sin. We all have leper's spots. We have a sin record. We have leper's spots, stains on our inner man. We've all received a death sentence. We've all been cut off from relationship and community, starting with God, and then cut off from his people until Christ comes and rescues us. And the great tragedy in this story is that there's a cure available. Jesus is right there. He's literally the son of God who has power over sickness, is walking in this time, in this world. And there's thousands of lepers everywhere, but many of them don't get their healing in his lifetime. And we see the same tragedy today. Christ is here. The the ark door, in a sense, is still open. Judgment has not come into this world. And the love of God is available to heal and to forgive and cleanse. But thousands and thousands of spiritual lepers avoid Jesus. And they do it in a couple ways. First, there's just people who refuse him. They refuse to believe that he's the Christ, that he's the Messiah. Secondly, there's people who simply resign to leprosy. And they resign to today, to spiritual leprosy. Leprosy, like sin, is incurable. It's sickening. It causes dozens of other issues and problems. It's isolating. It spreads within a community. It dehumanizes us. And when left unchecked, it has the power to turn us into monsters. In our minds or from others, we often get our identity from certain sins. I'm shady. I'm perverted. 
I'm dirty, I'm unforgivable, I'm defiled, I'm useless. Or we find our identity in our sexual sins, very common today. And in a sense, we stay in the leper colony when we can come to Jesus for cleansing and healing. But we must come like this leper did. How did he come? He came honestly. He didn't say, I actually don't have leprosy. i just come to kind of see what this Jesus guy's about. No, he, he said, he's, his clothes were, he's wearing torn robes. He, he knows exactly what his affliction is. He knows he's a sick man. He comes honestly before Jesus. He says, I'm unclean. He's shouting it, I'm unclean. We need to come to Jesus like that too and say, I'm unclean. I know I have spiritual leprosy. We come humbly like this man did. He was so humble. He got on his knees. He, he, he begged Jesus for healing. There's this humility in this man. He was broken. And we come as well. We come as well, humbly and broken. And finally, he came confidently. He knew Jesus could heal him, so we come in faith. We're not going to try Jesus. We're going to come to him knowing he's the Lord and has power over this universe and over his creation. He can reverse nature. We come confidently that he can and that he is willing. So not only can he do it, he's willing to do it. And it does beg the question, why? Why is Jesus willing to do it? Let's go to the very end of the book of Mark. Jesus there is crucified on a hill called Golgotha, just outside the city. Guess where? Right near the leper colony. So as we fast forward to the end of the book of Mark, what we see is that by the end of the story, because of Mark 1, this leper is healed and he's restored to community. But as we go to the end of the book of Mark, we see that Jesus becomes a leper for us and for him. Jesus is cut off from community. He dies outside the city. He dies near the leper colony. He dies on a cross as a spiritual leper. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah said about the coming Christ. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Jesus became a leper so we wouldn't have to be spiritual lepers anymore. Jesus was cut off from community. He was cut off from the Father when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that we would be brought in. We'd be brought into the city of heaven. We'd be brought into the kingdom of heaven. We'd be made citizens of heaven. Do you want to know what God is like? Look at what he was like on earth. He was willing to cleanse a leper. And he's willing to cleanse us as well. Let's take a moment as I close this message and respond to the Lord in two ways. Number one, in confession and repentance, we come humbly, honestly, and confidently to Jesus. We admit that we're spiritual lepers. We, we admit that we are broken and fallen and that some of us, we've accepted our sins and found identity in our sins. We've accepted our fears and our pride and we reject those things. We say, Jesus, come to me. And the second way I want to respond is ask the question, are you willing to go outside the camp to other spiritual lepers for Jesus? Are you willing to leave what is comfortable? Thank God Pastor Josh is willing to cross borders and oceans and culture, go into a different culture because there's spiritual lepers in Togo and there's spiritual lepers in the Congo that need to be reached for Jesus Christ. You know, there's a story 
told of a, a young Moravian man. The Moravians were a, a denomination of people that believed that the call on every single Christian was to actually be missionaries. Um, now, we don't teach that at Redeeming Hope, that you're ultimately called to you know, buy a passport and visa and spend the rest of your life you know, down some river in some jungle. But we are all called to be missionaries where we are, at least. And perhaps God's called us to go other places. We must obey the Spirit in that. But there's a story told of a young Moravian man, you know, about five, four or five hundred years ago. And he was, he was a missionary in a foreign country, and there was a leper colony there. And he was sitting across the street from the leper colony, looking with the same eyes of pity that Jesus must have looked at this leper. This man was looking with pity at the lepers across the street. And as the story goes, he heard the voice of the Lord in his heart say, who will go to the lepers for me? Who will reach the lepers in the leper colony? That young man said, I'll go. And he got up and he walked across the street and he became a leper to reach the lepers for Christ. The Moravians would say, their their motto would be, to win for the lamb the reward of his suffering to win for the lamb the reward of his suffering. There's another story told of a young man who sold himself into slavery and as he's being marched down the dock in chains, his mother's crying out to him, son, don't go. And he raises his chains, this young Moravian man, and he says, to win for the lamb the reward of his suffering. Lord, make that our heart as well, to win for the lamb the reward of his suffering. Will you go outside the camp for Jesus? So let's, let's just briefly spend time at the end of this message responding in these ways. Confess your sins with me and let's turn to the Lord in repentance. Lord, we acknowledge that we are spiritual lepers. We've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are broken. We have stains, Lord, on our hearts. We have, uh, we have lepers, uh, we have spiritual leprosy, Lord, on our spiritual being. But Lord, we thank you that you cleanse us and wash us. We turn away, Lord, from finding our identity and our sins, our fears or our pride. We we turn away, Lord, from self-salvation. We turn away from self-exaltation and we turn to you and ask Jesus uh, that you would sit on the throne of our hearts as Christ the King and cleanse us as you cleanse this leper, cleanse us from our spiritual leprosy. We thank you that your word says that you remove the debt of record that stood against us, nailing it to the cross. We believe in the cross. We put our faith in you and your work and receive that as a free gift of salvation today. In Jesus' name. And now I want to pray for those of you that just want to say, Lord, I'll go. Father, I pray for those that are watching today that are saying, I want to go outside the camp for Jesus. Show us who you want us to reach in our world, whether they be near or far, that we'd be willing to go and say to win for the lamb the reward of his suffering. Lord, you're worth our teenage years, you're worth our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, our 50s, our 60s, our 70s, and if we live that long, you're worth our 80s and our 90s. We submit our lives to you. Use us for your glory, I pray in Jesus' name. I hope you're encouraged today as you remember the love of God that was shown to this leper is also shown to this leper, and to this leper. He loves you. He's for you. He's our Father. Jesus is enough. Until next time, God bless you. Thank you for listening. We gather every Sunday at the Clarksville area YMCA. For more information, please go to our website at redeeminghope.org.